Well, welcome to the second episode of Council Chat. I'm Council Member Jeff Pluball. I'm joined by Council Member Brandon Johnson. Yeah, second episode. Looking forward to it. I know, it. absolutely, Brandon. <laughs> you know, this is you and I's type of year. We're both both big football fans. Yep. It's it's causing us it's very challenging, I think, for both of us trying to keep up with the football schedule. I yeah. see a game scheduled for one night, and then it's going to it be gets five. changed, and yeah. And, and I'm sure you, as a former player, how, how do you get through this? You're used to a seven day rest, and then all of a sudden, maybe it's five or six days. I, I don't know how exactly that's happening or how it's scheduled, but yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's an extra extra layer of challenge on the players. Yeah, yeah. And this year's Super Bowl champion, this will be an experience to talk about forever. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we want this podcast to be a way to tell you about everything going on at the city, specifically what we're approving. At the bench. We do a city council agenda read on Fridays prior to our city council meeting. Just here within the last 30 minutes, um, we're in there with the city manager. Mayor or vice mayor will lead the council agenda read and we'll go through. This is like our first draft opportunity. The public should have the same draft as us with our council agenda. This is our first time to look at items and maybe if we had a question before Tuesday, we'll go ahead and bring that up and we start doing our research on our end before the council meeting so that we're well prepared to discuss the issues. Yeah, and then last year we, uh, was that last year or the year before we changed council policy to make sure we finalized the actual agenda at agenda review so the public had the same opportunity as us to know what we're talking about and what we're not talking about. Great point. Absolutely. I think we used to do these on the Monday before, the Thursday before. I know we've, we've kind of changed the time around. I actually like the Fridays. I like to have a look of what we've got planned for next week. Yep. And then you do have a few days to because I think we all have our own due diligence that we follow. We like to research if there's an opportunity to come up for a business or nonprofit or something that's going to affect a neighborhood. It gives us an opportunity to go out there and do our outreach yep. and make sure that our constituents are on the same page as to where I know, I know we kind of a lot of times we'll look at an item and we think, well, I may lean this way or lean that way, but it gives us the opportunity to find additional facts before we make that actual vote. Yeah, and then to your point, it gives the people the opportunity to see what we're talking about and then talk to us about that. Maybe that helps inform our decisions. Absolutely. Gr great opportunity for the engagement. Yeah. This week, one of the topics we're going to be talking to has, has been pretty controversial. It's been very controversial is the mask mandate is expiring. I can say for myself, I have voted against the mandate in the past. I think the mask is the way to go. We got our kids back in school, you know, everywhere we got, we've got to do everything to add every layer of, of protection we can out there. My individual beliefs, as well as the constituents I represent, have been against the mandate, but I've never thought that the mask was a bad idea. Yeah, and, and then with me, I, I thought it was a, a small step we could take, and I heard from a lot of folks in District 1 that, that really wanted the mask mandate, uh, preferably from the county initially, but now they're doing that. And so I supported it just because uh, what we were seeing, the impact on the district, and again, I, I knew at some point it would expire. But what I do like about that and what I hope people see is that even though we disagreed on where to go with it, we're still working together. We're being responsible about that, and we're not out in the public saying whatever. And, and that's a breath of fresh air, at least for me, because we, we see federal down. Sometimes that gets out there and it gets a little ugly. But here on the council, we don't have those issues. Absolutely. I think the next item is something we'll both agree on is the 
the bike share ICT new contract. Yeah. We're both pretty excited about that. Since I got on the council back in 2013, we had the rails to trails out in the western part of the county. It only went to 167th. They've done a great job of bringing that all the way to 235 in Kellogg. We do have in our CIP budget to bring that all the way into Delano. Love the opportunity for somewhere safe to ride. I'm not a bike rider, but I'm a walker. I like to go out and walk. Um, occasionally, I'll do some running, but it's mostly walking. Walk the trails around Pawnee Prairie Park. Walk those trails. I like the idea of having trails in my district to where it's a destination. You can get somewhere. I know it's the same way over there at your district. Like right now, I like to see the connection between South and West Wichita to Newman. Friends, both yeah. both of us yeah. graduated from Friends, <laughs> and then all the way to the ballpark. You've got some great trails over there, the Redbud Trail, some yeah. some of the trails over there. Realistically, you should be able to walk from Garden Plain and eventually maybe get you all the way out to Augusta. And I yeah. think that's very exciting, very strong value proposition of our area. Yeah, I, I love the walkable, bikeable parts of our city, and, and this adds to it. This is another way to expand that. And I continue to hear about more people, especially now with, with the pandemic. More people are out there walking and biking, and this is just another one of those opportunities. You know, one thing I've always admired about the walking trails in your district council member is you've got a little bit of history there. Um, our former mayor, Carl Brewer, I think several of our other African-American leaders there there's tributes there to them along that walk and i think it gives people of opportunity to see who some of those leaders are but more importantly follow the change that, that they added to our city and, and and how their contribution made us the great city we are today yeah and and then in addition to that I, as a former football player i have to highlight the best running back in history is also highlighted there barry sanders and if you disagree it's okay we'll still be friends but barry sanders is there 2054 rushing yards that season excited about that. boy i sure hope nobody confuses this podcast for a sports <laughs> show because we're kind of going that direction but it's something we can all agree on yeah. that's what we want <laughs> the next topic i'm going to let you lead on the next one because i know this is very passionate you've you've put in timeless hours on this the aquatics master plan yeah that's coming up tuesday for us to talk about and for for those paying attention phase two is municipal harvest pool and linwood splash playground that'll be there excited about that I think uh, just working with my colleagues on the council, this came out to be a great plan. Um, going back from where we started, looking at these investments, phase two is going to be amazing. Phase two is also supposed to be open in May of 2021 for the beginning of the season. So phase one and two will be done, and that'll just leave one more phase with phase three. But this is exciting. Looking forward to the renderings. Make sure you tune in to our council meeting to see that presentation. There's an item that, that I've seen on today's agenda that I really had not been following closely. I'm, I'm excited to hear more about it. And this is going to be the Kansas Eviction Prevention Program, the KEPP. It's a memorandum of understanding. And from what I understand, for people that have meet certain income levels, there's an opportunity for up to nine months of rent, I believe, on here. There's a limit on it not to exceed $5,000 per household. There are some certain regulations in here. But j just not knowing exactly where we're going to be with the COVID, I understand a lot of these temporary layoffs with individuals, they've turned into permanent layoffs. Yeah. And we definitely want to make sure that, that people 
are, are going to be able to provide shelter and, and be able to make it through the winter. You know, a lot of times b both of us have worked a lot with the homeless outreach team and, and the homeless things, and a lot of the people don't realize just how easy. A lot of these people, it, it's more of working poverty. They're just one paycheck away from making the rent, and then they end up out there on the streets. They've got their kids and their family. Uh, I, I work personally with, with the Family Promise Program that, that works with churches and families. Um, it really opened my eyes to some of, the, some of the things that families have to go through, the additional challenges where a lot of them are not only they're, they're, they're hiding their children from a DSF or, or making sure that, that the state doesn't get their kids, but then they're also hiding them from potential predators or sex traffickers. So it's, it's something we want to make sure that we take care of those families any way we can. Yeah, and the other exciting thing about this is, you know, during this pandemic, we've heard from so many people who couldn't pay rent because of losing their job or the unemployment wasn't enough. Well, this is also helping small landlords too. So those folks who weren't getting those dollars who are also struggling because that paid the bills this will help them as well so it's it's a win-win i think for the community and i'm excited about it as well absolutely and, and you know i being in real estate myself i understand how that is with a lot of these small investors they have that mortgage to make so it, it it's a win-win situation for both and and i hope that landlords are going out there and educating their tenants about this program rather than you know get on the same page guys and, yeah. and try to work together on this uh, next topic up, we've got business improvement district for District 1. Yeah, so the, the bid that made the news from the Douglas Design District, initially there was a successful petition for the council to do it, so the council approved it. And now we've seen that I, I think by one or two signatures, um, businesses have overturned it. And that makes sense. I mean, you know, there was some pushback initially, but even right now as businesses are struggling, I think that additional tax probably would have been a burden on them. So them being able to overturn this, they still would have had an opportunity in January to go back out and do it, but they were successful. So this Tuesday, the council will be voting on that. And I, and I believe actually per statute, we'd have to remove it anyway, no matter what we felt about it, because businesses said no to it. So we'll be voting on that. And uh, city manager today at Agenda Review talked about some lessons learned that will come up in the future. Uh, this was an interesting process. There were some things we learned that weren't in place that I think would help with this as far as verifying businesses that we'll be working on as a council to make sure in the future, if anyone's interested in a bid and going down that process, uh, we'll know how to do it effectively. Another item that we've got on our list is public hearing and request for a letter of intent to issue industrial revenue bonds for flight safety at Textron. I worked out at Textron myself for 17 years, and I realized how the partnership between Textron and flight safety is so important. It adds a lot to our economy. It's bringing in a lot of pilots, a lot of mechanics. They're here for two and three weeks doing that annual training. They're eating meals in Wichita. They're staying in our hotels. And it, it helps with that whole cluster of, of you know, we, we build airplanes, we, we, we train pilots, we train mechanics, and it, it adds to that overall. And this is something that it would have been a little bit more of a push with our previous incentive program. We just changed the incentive program last week. And what this does, it helps with the capital investment. Yep. If you remember not too long ago, whenever we had the horrible incident that happened with the plane crash out at Flight Safety, they were looking at potentially leaving Wichita. And I myself, I've been through the flight safety training. They spend millions of dollars on, on these flight simulators and maybe – Maybe you only need one guy running the simulator. Right. So, so the ratio to capital investment versus employees isn't always 
equal compared to most manufacturing settings, but it's something that's very important to our city. And I'm glad that we're able to look at the whole capital investment more. Yeah. And, and the wages, uh, I think today they said five new jobs paying, starting out at 90000 per job. I mean, some folks might look at just five jobs, but that's a really nice wage to have. I mean, that's more than a living wage here in Wichita. And those five positions are there, plus the investment, plus the folks coming in to use the flight simulator. It's a great economic boost for our economy. Absolutely. Also on the agenda on Tuesday is the proposed 2021 outsourced pavement preservation program. And one of the things we've been talking about with public works, and, and maybe you all have noticed, is we have shifted our street projects into one calendar year, whereas before, maybe in the fall, you'll see some work and you'll see those lines in the roads that you might not like, and then the next year we resurface it. If you've noticed in 2020, we've actually shifted a majority of those into one year. And going forward, you might see some work in the spring, might take a little break until summer, and then it gets complete. So we'll have those one-year projects, which I think is great. It, I've heard complaints about that, so I, I think we're going in the right direction on that. I, I absolutely agree. I like the way that we're doing that. As far as, you know, we're, we're trying to be more transparent with the public. We make it easily to where you can go in there, you can see exactly what roads are going to be improved, and we also want to hear from you as well. If, if, if we, you want to get your um, street on the list or, you know, if, if you don't think you're, you're being on there, we definitely want to communicate with you and see when we can address that. Yep, definitely. Uh, at last week's meeting on October 6th, the council approved CARES Act funding. So that included 75000 for domestic violence services, and that's something we've been hearing about quite a bit. $200,000 for homeless prevention services, $250,000 for internships for homeless outreach, and 90000 for a food box program for seniors, and a lot more. And this is significant because through our budget cycle, we continued to hear from folks that wanted to see more investment in these types of programs. And now we're showing that these types of investments are happening. So again, the council's listening. Our staff, uh, wonderful staff with housing, Sally and her team are really trying to make these things happen, and the council has approved. And, and I appreciate the, the CARES Act. It seems like we've really been able to maneuver and position ourselves to what the needs are today. And I would say every one of these that you just mentioned are high needs for our, for our area. Domestic violence services, homeless prevention services, homeless outreach, and the food box program for seniors. All, all like I can't think of anything more important and, and more appropriate for the CARES funding. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that work. All right. Anything else, council member? No. no. Okay. Wrap it up. Well, as always, you can follow along with our meetings on city, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter channels, or on wichita.gov or Cox Channel 7. Thank you for joining us, and you can always reach out to me at jbluebaltwichita.gov. You can reach out to me at bjjohnson at wichita.gov, and make sure it's two J's, because if not, it goes to Officer Johnson, and then he'll have to send it to me. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> See you.